Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And on today's special podcast, I'm not even sure what adjective to use because this is a big one. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that it has happened, uh, what has been rumored really since March, and, and probably the, the wheels started turning much sooner than that. Uh, Julio Jones has been traded from the Falcons. Uh, we will get into the details of that trade. But before we get into that, I want to talk about who is joining me on this podcast. Uh, first and foremost is my co-host, uh, the one and only Forever Madeline, Gina Kelly. Gina, how are you doing? I could be better, to be quite honest. Um, you know, I I did not expect to have to try to process all of my emotions about Julio Jones leaving today. I just wanted a nice, relaxing Sunday. And here we are. <laughs> There is no relaxing as a Falcons fan. <laughs> no, there's not. Or as somebody who works in NFL media, <laughs> you, know, you can never really count on a relaxing weekend at any time. And so I guess that this drives that home. The, it certainly does. Um, also joining us is one of the writers at the Falcoholic, uh, Adnan Ikic. Adnan, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I've been uh, waiting for this trade for a while. I think we all have. I think it would have been a lot worse if this just came out of just straight out of nowhere yeah but you know we've had all the reports you know we've talked we've talked ad nauseum about this and i think i was to the point of all right let's just get it over with already yeah exactly in, in some ways it's like pulling the uh, uh pulling the band-aid off so all right let's get into it then let me uh, first cover what the actual deal is uh, julio will be going to the titans uh, so he will be paired up with A.J. Brown. Uh, I think you could argue that that will be one of the uh, best uh, wide receiver one, wide receiver two duos in the entire NFL after this trade goes through. Um, the Falcons will get a 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder from the Titans. Um, the Titans will get Julio Jones, of course, and a six rounder back from the Falcons in 2023. Uh, the most important thing here is the Titans will take on all of Julio Jones' uh, salary this year, the $15.3 million. So this will net the Falcons uh, an additional $15 million in cap space for this year. Uh, this will allow them to sign their rookie class as well as having um, some additional cap space. I think you know the estimates are between $7 and $8 million to sign uh, the Falcons' uh, rookie draft class. So they will carry over uh, $7 to $8 million, uh, this year. And if they can carry over all of that, that will obviously uh, be important because 2022 cap-wise is not much better for the Falcons. Um, so it, those are the specifics. We know now he is going to an AFC team. We do not play them this year during the regular season. However, the Titans are the first game uh, of the preseason 
for the Falcons. Um, so if there's any solace in this, it's that Julio is almost never in preseason games. So we probably will not see him against the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's almost he's almost never on the field on third down. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's too early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, here we go with the hot takes. Um, so, Gino, I'll go to you first. Now that we know the the details of this trade, and honestly, it seems like you know they the day started with hey the trade's going to happen, and within like you know a minute we started getting the details. Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on this trade? The value of it and. You know, from the standpoint of a fan uh, who watches this team, but maybe even from the standpoint of someone who looks at this, you know, more analytically. Yeah. So I think that first and foremost, the thing that's most important to me is that it sounds like the Falcons are not going to take on any of Julio's salary. To me, that needed to be um, that that was non-negotiable for me, like given the cap situation and how the Falcons are really up against it there. um, I just that was something I didn't want to see happen. So knowing that Tennessee is going to absorb his entire salary is huge for me. Um, I don't love the pick compensation. I, you know, I, I don't really care about the Falcons giving back a sixth round pick, you know, hopefully that pick, you know, it, that's not a pick that you expect to like become, I don't know, like Tom Brady or whatever. That's something that happens very rarely. But um, as far as just getting a second for him, I, that second round pick could turn out to be a really outstanding player. Um, but you're talking about one of the best wide receivers in NFL history. I, I still, yeah, like I'm, I, I wish that they could have gotten more compensation for him in terms of draft capital. I understand the reason why. And I think that there are a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of blame to distribute here. I think that first and foremost, it goes to Tom Dimitrov, the way that they handled, uh, Julio's extension mid-contract, um, the way that Dimitrov managed the cap. And I use the term managed loosely (laughs) because we all know what that looks like right now. And also, you know, the fact that the team pissed Julio off enough that he was willing to publicly say that he wanted out really hurt the team's um, negotiating position. And so I don't love the compensation, um, but I also understand why the compensation is what it is. And I do think that this is probably about the best deal that the Falcons are going to get. Adnan, uh, your thoughts on what Gina just covered? Um, I mean, yeah, she's correct in that the Falcons didn't really I, – I don't want to say they didn't have a choice in making this trade. I think the team still had leverage in that Julio had three years left on his contract, but it's better for all parties that the deal got done and that, that the deal got done as soon as possible, you know, just so that you don't have that – that dark cloud hanging over the team in training camp if this lasted until then. I never liked the Julio Jones extension in the first place from mm. a few years ago. I remember writing an article and digging up that article a few weeks ago back during that time about how I don't think that the Falcons should be caving to a player who has three years left on his contract who's demanding a new deal. I hate that uh Arthur Blank called him a Falcons for a Falcon for life and put that pressure on the front office. I hate that Dimitrov and uh, I hate that Dimitrov gave him that massive extension that was way more than what any other wide receiver had at that point. Uh, especially considering the fact that Julio was on the wrong side of thirty. Um, but you know the biggest thing for me, like Gina said, is that that contract is now off the books other than the dead cap 
Falcons are responsible for, of course. You know, that had to be a line in the sand that Terry Fontenot drew. And, you know, he did draw it and he stuck to his guns with it because for me, I would have been completely fine with Julio not being traded and holding out if if the Falcons were forced to uh, take on a portion of that salary. That's the biggest thing for me. Uh, you yeah. know, the draft compensation is fine. Uh, you know, a second round pick, I, I'm not completely mad at it. I don't see uh, any team was willing to pay a first rounder. But to get a second rounder and to get that entire contract off the books is, you know, I feel like it's it's a bit of a win for Terry Fontenot uh, that he managed to get this done because now the Falcons can work on fixing that salary cap in the coming years. You know, that uh, salary cap should spike next year with full stadiums expected this year. Uh, the Grady Jarrett contract extension will be in play next offseason as well. So Good the point. Falcons will be able to get out of this salary cap hell relatively quickly in the coming years. And, you know, that that's that was the biggest thing for me. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, that is a big deal. Um, also joining us now on the podcast a little bit late. He had to let the dogs out, quite literally. Um, he is my <laughs> co-host during the post-game podcast during the season, the one and only Evan Birchfield. Evan, thanks for dropping on, man. Uh, thanks for letting me let my dogs out. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gina and uh, Adnan gave their takes on this. What is your thoughts on, on Julio soon to become a Titan? Not official yet, but this looks like the right. waiting for the ink to dry. Uh, I mean, from a fan perspective, it's kind of sad because it's just, he's always been there. The memories the man has made for us. Um, I mean, I'm just privileged that like down the road, I'll be able to say, yeah, I watched Julio Jones play because I mean, his highlights will be on, you know, all the big sports shows and stuff and the NFL highlight packages. Uh, he was just a exceptional player. And I hate to see how it ended because for so long, one of the things I'd always brag about Julio is that he's not a diva. You never hear him talk unless he's like being forced to speak to the media after practice or something like that. Like he was the epitome of what you want in a wide receiver one. And, you know, fans I'm sure will remember like the Sterling Sharp thing or, or whatever, or Shannon Sharp thing at the end there. But he really was like, the perfect wide receiver player. He had all the talent in the world, but like didn't sit there and cause trouble or brag about himself or, you know, create problems in the media. Um, and that's what you want. And, you know, I hope the best for him in Tennessee. Uh, I don't see how this makes the Falcons better immediately, but, you know, in the long term, maybe they can make some good selections with those picks they got in return. Um, but I just wish the best for him, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think the Falcons play the Titans the first week in preseason. That's Not correct. that we're going to see, you know, like Julio out there doing stuff, but it's uh, kind of funny. But yeah. Yeah. And I want to throw this out there because uh, she's been on the podcast twice, and I legitimately feel incredibly sorry for her because uh, Tori McElhaney, who uh, has been a fantastic uh, podcast guest. Um, I think she was on our last podcast, as a matter of fact. Yes. Uh -huh. um, and Gina, you were on with me when we talked to her. And she literally said she was going to go on vacation 
And like, she has been a trigger for things happening with Atlanta sports. Um, she was there covering Georgia tech when Paul Johnson retired. Uh, she started covering the Falcons when Dan Quinn got fired. So she, uh, she predicted that something would happen. And of course she got on a plane literally today and the Julio Jones trade happens. So at this point, I'm fairly convinced that, uh, Tori has some sort of connection to the universe and, and, and triggering things for the Falcons, but um, I, hope she, <laughs> I, I hope she gets to enjoy her vacation. But Jesus, I hope so this too. is insane. Um, <laughs> like she just needs to stop because everything in Atlanta keeps happening based off of her uh, random vacations. Um, all right. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. For me, one of the things I'm, I'm taking away from this is the Falcons may have had a first round pick on the table. I think what was ultimately the big hang up was that salary. And, you know, Jenny, you mentioned it. I think this is the thing that, you know, the, the Falcons knew when uh, GM uh, Terry Fontenot came in was that their salary cap situation um, was terrible. Yes, there were other moves they could have made um, to, to get under the cap. You know, they could have uh, converted part of Julio's salary. They could have converted um, Grady's. But ultimately, all of that is kicking the can down the road. And I think mm-hmm. that they wanted to avoid that um, as much as possible. And the fact that, you know, the Falcons did get the Titans to agree to pay the full salary, it does mean that they will – uh, you know, net that full $15 million in cap space this year. So Atlanta yeah. will sign their draft class. They'll carry over seven to 8 million in cap space into the season. Uh, presumably they'll be able to carry some of that into 2022 when they're going to need that space. Um, and, you know, I feel like this is something we don't talk about enough, but all indications were that Julio wanted out of Atlanta. And, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we keep, you know, some fans keep doubling back. Oh, we could have kept him for that much. And honestly, I'm not saying Julio would have held out or that he wouldn't have played this season, but it seemed pretty clear. He was a player that um, at best with the way things were going at best, we were going to have him for 2021. And that was going to be it. It, it. You know, there, I don't see any way that they were going to pay Calvin Ridley and try to keep Julio beyond this season. Um, so in some regards, this is, I, I think the, the front office was between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm looking at it just purely anal- analytically, they got something for him. Now they got, you know, a second round pick, they get the cap space. Um, yes, the offense would have been incredible to watch in 2021 with both Calvin um, and Julio on the field at the same time with uh, Kyle Pitts and, and the rest. Uh, but realistically, um, it was going to be a one-year deal. Uh, you know, there's no way in my mind that Julio is going to be back in 2022. I think the front office saw the, the opportunity to move on, to get the cap space, to get the draft picks, um, and to send Julio to a team that he was rumored to be you know, interested in going to. Um, and, and I know fans don't want to hear this, but if he didn't want to be here, 
which all indications are uh, that he did not want to be, then the Falcons got in, in many ways what they wanted to get, which was the the salary cap relief. Um, they did get a second round pick, um, and uh, everyone keeps bringing up Mohamed Sanu. Guys, we fleeced the Patriots. Muhammad was not worth a second round pick. Everyone knows that now. So, and it, stop referencing the Muhammad Sanu trade because that was actually the Patriots being absolutely dumb uh, in giving up that conversation for him. Um, but at, if I'm looking at this analytically, I think the franchise got what they needed to sort of do a reset. Um, what do you guys think? Am I am I giving them too much credit, or do you feel like there were other options they should have explored? So, Gina, I'll, I'll go to you first. Um, since I think the, the dogs are have a strong opinion on this as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you hear my dogs? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're over here. I think that Bella thinks that the Falcons should have held out for more compensation and factors <laughs> telling her that just wasn't possible with the mess that Thomas Dimitrov left this cap in. Um, I'm sorry, I actually forgot the question because I was trying to keep my dogs from fighting. <laughs> Do, just from a purely a numbers and analytical standpoint, where Julio was and wanting to move on. Do you feel like the, the you know uh, Fontenot has gotten close to what would be, in theory, the max of what yes. you would have from Leo? Yeah, I mean, frankly, I was worried that they were going to end up with like you know a third and a sixth or a seventh, and then also absorbing some of his salary. Um, so as far as you know, trade compensation goes, given all of the context and all of the backstory here. Yeah, I think that this was the best that the team was going to do. I think that being able to um, move on from Julio without absorbing any of that salary is honestly a big win for Terry Fontenot. And he was able to pull this off despite being in a very difficult position, um, you know, with the cap, with Julio being public about wanting to leave, all that stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I can be cranky about it all that I want, but I do <laughs> think that this was the best deal that the team was going to get. Yeah, Adnan, uh, feel free to disagree. You know, we're because I, I feel like there is a lot of um, polarization on this topic with Falcons fans. Um, do you feel like the compensation is about what they were going to get, or do you feel like they could have held out and gotten more? Uh, no, I think I think this is about it. Uh, there were reports that a team was possibly offering a first rounder. I'm convinced that this was the Falcons planning something in the media to try and get another team to up their offer. Uh, I And I don't think that anyone would have given a first rounder and taken the entire Julio Jones salary. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. so I think that that, I think the salary at this point uh, with where the Falcons are was the more important part of the, de- of the deal. Uh, as opposed to getting a first rounder versus a second rounder. So, because uh, I think, like you said, DW, Terry Fontenot doesn't want to kick that can down the road. He came from a franchise in New Orleans that's been kicking the can down the road for the past few years. And the Saints have been, you know, kind of hamstrung with the salary cap. They haven't really been able to make any real free agent signings the past few years. I know Saints fans love bragging about how Mickey Loomis, you know, the salary cap doesn't apply to him, but. You know they lost a couple of starters this off season as well, right. and they're gonna they're gonna feel the brunt of it uh, this coming season. I don't think Terry Fontenot wanted to put the Falcons in that situation, and uh, you know I think the most important thing was rebuilding the salary cap in the coming years because, like I said, giving Julio Jones that that kind of extension of sixty six million dollars over three years was a mistake. I think I feel like it was a mistake when it happened, and now in hindsight, it's an even bigger mistake. 
So, you know, to get out of that, that's, that's the biggest possible win. Now, of course, you know, I wouldn't have been happy if it was a fourth rounder or just a fifth rounder that he got, but you know, an early day to pick a second rounder that should turn into a starter. And now the Falcons also another thing we haven't talked about after they sign their draft class, they will have around $8 million in salary cap to work with, with the rest of this free agent market. Right. Uh, so, you know, they could possibly look into getting uh, another pass rusher. They could bolster the defense just a little bit. So it, it's not, it's not all loss. Uh, you know, it, it's not just uh, a one for one in a vacuum, Julio Jones for a second rounder. It's, it, it also has a lot to do with the complexities of the salary cap. Yeah. And that's, Oh, you, you brought up excellent points there, Adnan, especially the, you know, the, the contract extension. I know at the time, you know, there were a lot of people who said, you know, why is a player who's only, you know, a year or two into his other contract getting an extension? Um, so it wasn't necessarily, a, you know, universally uh, liked at the time. And I think some of us are looking back and saying, you know, could they have done something different? And, uh, and honestly, some of the reporting has suggested that the contentiousness over, the negotiation of that contract extension is where some of the animosity has come from uh, with Julio towards the Falcons franchise, just in general, not even specifically to, uh, you know, this regime who obviously had nothing to do with that, but towards, you know, the franchise, maybe uh, Arthur Blank and, and, and the rest. So, um, you know, it, take that for what you will, but I think you bring up some several interesting points there. Um, Evan, uh, to, to close us out, your thoughts on the trade compensation. Do you feel like they could have gotten more or do you feel like, again, this was something where the bigger uh, deal for them was offloading the entire salary? Yeah, uh, honestly, the only way they were probably going to be able to get a better deal where somebody takes on that contract and gives us like a first round pick um, is if this dragged on until like training camp started and a wide receiver right. one on a different team got hurt, which you never want to see anybody get hurt, but that's probably the most realistic example of like what we could have gotten more in. Um, because I mean, this scenario we have now, I mean, that's probably the best we're going to get. Um, and you know, you take it we, like Adnan said, we've got a bunch of cap that's going to be freed up and we'll add some players hopefully on defense. Um, I don't think they really need to add to the receiver core. I think they're pretty solid even without Julio Jones now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see anything, you know, the other thing too, is there was that rumored first round pick. It could have easily been that the Falcons get a first round pick, but they have to give like Julio in a second or Julio in a third and the team just didn't want to give up. And, and then also, right. you know, not talking about the cap stuff, maybe they were taking like half the contract or something, um, which that would be a no brainer. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So even for the first round pick, so. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to note for there are a lot of rumors that go around the NFL that get floated through the media that sometimes it comes from agents, sometimes it comes from other teams, uh, sometimes it comes from the team themselves. I think you guys have intimated that maybe the Falcons put that out there to try to put pressure on the teams to you know do better with their offers. Um, in reality, we don't know what kind of offers were legitimately on the table. Um, you know, I think many people got it in their heads that, Hey God, they could have gotten a first rounder. This is a, you know, a huge uh, letdown. And yeah, you know, to Evan's point, maybe they, maybe the deal did include a first rounder, but maybe Atlanta had to give up a third and maybe they had to eat half the contract, um, you know, this year's salary and, and it just barely freed up enough space. 
And those are the details that matter. Those are the kind of details we may never know, frankly. Um, and they're the ones that, uh, you know, Fontenot is actually looking at, actually having to consider and thinking about the long-term health of this franchise. Will 2021 uh, be different without Julio Jones? Uh, it, absolutely. You know, this is a player that Matt Ryan has uh, come to lean on incredibly. Um, in the 10 years that uh, Julio has been in Atlanta, he has been an all-pro. He's been one of the greatest receivers, not only in the league, but arguably of all time. Uh, he holds some, you know, some stats that I don't think we'll see you know, broken anytime soon. And to be blunt, this is what happens in the NFL. I've said it before. I'm going to reiterate it as we close out this podcast. Um, if you play long enough in the NFL, uh, there's a much higher chance that you will not finish with the team that you started with. And unfortunately, that is now holding true for Julio Jones as he heads to the Tennessee Titans uh, in a blockbuster trade. We will be covering this more extensively. We'll be talking about the fallout, what this means for the roster, what this means for the wide receiver rotation. Um, and of course, you can find all of that at thefalcoholic.com. So real quick, we're going to do uh, one last pass with our writers. Uh, Gina, tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. You can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas, where I am currently having uh, NFL salary issues mansplained to me by people all over the internet. Um, just, <laughs> just to be clear, y'all, I do this for my job. Like You don't have to explain it to me. Um, the little lady brain that I have is fully capable of understanding it. And um, other than that, yeah, it's the off season. So I'm taking it pretty easy, but you'll find me on the Falcoholic here and there. Absolutely. Adnan, uh, same for you. Remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Uh, mostly on Twitter, I'd say which way. And, you know, you can find me on the Falcoholic, uh, writing articles on the Falcon Falcoholic live show every Wednesday, even though I haven't been on there in the past month, I will get back to it on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I'm just around. <laughs> uh, last and certainly not least, Evan, who let the dogs out. Um, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Isn't that the biggest piece of news we learned today that I was the one that let the dogs out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Evan, for finally answering the age-old question asked by the Baja boys. <laughs> it's, been like it's been like 20 years. Nobody's known, but it was me. Yeah, well, yeah, like, this, is the, this is the biggest breaking news of the day, okay? Yeah, well, Evan we're breaking all sorts out. of news. Well, well, we, actually, <laughs> we actually really buried the lead with the whole Julio Jones stuff. On this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at southcock.com on Twitter at Evan Birchfield and follow the Instagram page that I always forget to plug the underscore alcoholic absolutely uh, Evan does a great job of that and, um, of course guys you can find me on Twitter at DW. updates for this podcast at Pod, and of course our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com again where we will have ongoing and continuous coverage of this massive change to the franchise. So for Gina Kelly and Adnan Nikic and Evan Birchfield, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.